Welcome to the Outspoken Sportscast. This is Craig, your host for this evening. We've got a multitude of highlights and headlines to cover from the NBA to the NFL to Major League Baseball has some breaking news, uh, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NBA finals, and many more right after this intro. Welcome to episode 124, Friday Headlines on the Outspoken Sportscast. My name is Craig, and we're going to cover basically every major sport in around all of it tonight. Um, we're going to start with the NFL. There was a couple of uh, retirements, and one of them was probably a little more of a shock than the other. Um, we knew Frank Gore was, his time was coming to an end. He'd been in the league forever. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick after 17 seasons announced his retirement. He was drafted in 2005 plus with the Rams played with the Bengals, Bills, Titans, Texans, Jets, Tampa, Dolphins, and the commanders. Um, overall had a pretty good career. Um, in, in his career, if you just look at numbers, not wins, not Super Bowls, not anything like that, he had more passing yards than Troy Aikman. Um, but I guess when you play 17 years in the NFL, that happens. Um, I don't think that he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he gets a lot of recognition. But he was here for 17 seasons. He did what he needed to do. And he played with a lot of teams and played a lot of good football. And the Miami Dolphins really thought that he was going to be what pushed him over the edge and, and got him some wins. And he 
kind of bounced back and forth with Tua and and um he played some good seasons in Tampa, played okay with the Titans. Uh of course that didn't work out. Um just a solid, solid NFL quarterback for 17 seasons. Um the other retirement was Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore retires as the number three leading rusher in NFL history, only behind Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. Um, this is a little bit tougher. Um, Gore signs a one-day contract with the Niners to retire as a Niner, and I believe this is debate debated all over. Um if Frank Gore is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I believe when you're the number three leading rusher in all of the NFL, and doesn't matter that he played, you know, a hundred seasons and, and longevity and never had this or that or MVPs or Super Bowls. I think when you're the number three leading rusher, the two guys that are ahead of you were first ballot Hall of Famers. Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. I believe Frank Gore gets the call the first day he's available to be a Hall of Famer. Um, that's not a popular opinion. That's not one that will be um, written about or, or headlined about, and it'll be argued all over um, on whether or not Frank Gore is really a Hall of Famer. Um, he is a Hall of Famer. Whether or not he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, that changes things dramatically. And, and um does he deserve that that recognition for what he did? I believe he does. I believe that he will get the call, and I believe that that um, he deserves that when when the time comes. Um, some other news that has come out, uh, an update on Deshaun Watson. Um, of course, we spoke the other day and said that there was 23 civil suits, active civil suits that are um, – pending for Deshaun Watson read a little while ago that there's a 24th in the pipeline paperwork being filed. It should be filed probably early next week in the courts. There will be a 24th. Um, I think they're just going to keep coming out of the woodworks. And I think eventually um, somebody is going to not be scared of, of the fallout and they are going to tell they're going to write the book. They're going to tell the story. They're going to not worry about money. They're not going to worry about um, the NFL. They're not going to worry about Deshaun. And they're going to the, the truth's going to come out. Um, it's also been said that he offered before before any of this went to civil that he offered each one of the plaintiffs a hundred thousand dollars, and a majority of them, multitude of them, said, "No, that's not going to work. Uh, we're going to get more than that." And so uh, he tried to tried to lowball him, tried to make it go away, tried to keep it out of the court system, and that didn't go well. Um, I believe when he went and told the NFL that he had intercourse with three of these, that the NFL went, well, wait a minute, I understand you say it's consensual, but that really makes us look over here that this is a possibility that this is true. Um, because if you, if you did this with three of them, whether it was consensual or not, I can, I can, 
I'm a whole lot closer to pinning it over here on this side. I, I as that you went into these massage parlors and you were expecting something other than the massage. So when you have multiple women that tell the same story, the same type of story, almost in in identical detail of that he went in, he moved the towel to the side, he he, you know, made suggestions. Uh, all this is is steady in every story, every story, every story um, that's coming out. And how this did not go criminally, I'll never know. I don't know who prosecuted this. I don't have any idea who who followed that up, how they didn't have enough evidence, how they didn't have enough um, things to to um, make this stick criminally. Um, but they didn't. And so now it's all civil. But the NFL is, there's rumors out that Deshaun Watson is um, going to miss the entire 22 season. And now that is not NFL. Goodell did not come out and say that yet. But it's on a couple different deals and, and it's gaining some traction. And that would make perfect sense on why Cleveland has held on to Baker Mayfield and not listened to any trade opportunities. Everybody has bashed them for ruining Baker and, and holding on to Baker and not giving Baker his fair shot. Well, guess what? If it comes out that Deshaun Watson misses the entire 22 season because he's suspended, uh, you look like a genius for holding on to um, Baker Mayfield. And if I'm Baker Mayfield, you can handle it one of two ways. You can pout and say, you got another guy to replace me. I'm not playing. I'm not going to. To, to give it my best, I'm not going to do this. Or you can use it as the encore season, go out there and, and tear it up and set yourself up for a huge payday. And if I'm Baker Mayfield, that's exactly what I do. Uh, I go and, and set it up and tell them exactly what to do and, and go for broke and have a huge season just like Jimmy Garoppolo did when he thought he was done with the 49ers. He thought for sure he was done, that he was over with the 49ers and put a playoff run together and was prepared to go play somewhere else and get a big payday and everything like that, and now the Niners are going to hold on to him. But um, it is very, very possible that Baker Mayfield is on a, a revenge tour here. And and I guarantee, I'm almost positive that the chances of zero games are is gone. And so he's going to get some games to make this up and give it a whirl and and try to um try to uh set himself up for a payday for next season. Um Baker has done everything he needed to do. Uh, this guy, here's a guy who played with a torn labrum last year. Wasn't his throwing shoulder, but that hurts. And for this guy to gut it out, I understand that everybody wants to go against him and say that he had a horrible season and say that he had, you know, deal. And he just not. He he played through an injury that most guys would not have. Most guys would have been on the sideline holding the clipboard and saying, I, my shoulder's jacked. I'm not playing i'm not going to risk my career and he did he went out there and played and and did what he could do and and put up some solid numbers on occasional weeks to to make this um a possibility to make this uh to give cleveland the best shot he's the best quarterback they've had in recent history he is he is the recent 
history the best quarterback that Cleveland's had. He um, deserves another contract, and if Cleveland's not going to give it to him, somebody should. So um, those are the stories that hit the NFL. Uh, you had Fitzpatrick retiring. You had Gore retiring and signing a one-day contract with the Niners. And you got Deshaun Watson that that decision come could come down at any point in time. I believe it's before camp starts. I believe that that he gets a multitude of games. And there is traction that it could be all of 22. And if that's the case, uh, Cleveland's in trouble. Um, even though Baker is, is solid, it's not what they thought they were getting into Sean Watson. When Cleveland signed him, they knew something was coming because they put a stipulation in that if he gets suspended this year, his salary cap hit uh, would only be a million dollars. So they knew this was coming, and I believe they knew it was going to be a multitude of games. Um, had some breaking news in Major League Baseball this morning. About 10.30 it broke that the Philadelphia Phillies have fired and moved on from Joe Girardi. Um, Girardi was hired after leaving the Yankees. He was brought in to take this team to a, a playoff run, to a World Series. You know, they got Bryce Harper. They got Reese Hoskins. They've got a multitude of, of high-caliber all-star players, and they just have not been able to put this together. Uh, granted, they've had some injuries. They've, they've not, um, you know, had everybody together in the lineup at the same time, but every team deals with that. And they're 22 and 29. Uh, and, and Dave Dombrowski, uh, has been hemming and hawing about this. You've heard about this from the get go. I think he really wanted to do it in the off season, but he didn't. Uh, he, he talked with Joe and he gave him another shot and Girardi kind of came to him and said, Hey, I, I think I've got the locker room. I think I got these guys. We got some health. We got some some guys. We got some pitching. Uh, I I think we can can make a run here. And so Dombrowski gave him the benefit of the doubt and let it ride a little bit. Uh, started rough. Started real rough. And about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this became a hot topic that that Girardi was out. They turned it around a little bit. Uh, and and Dombrowski just said he said I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. I went out for a jog and realized it was time. And so he called Joe and said, hey, I need you to come to the stadium. And we need to have a talk and told him this morning, hey, we're going a different direction. Uh, Rob Thompson, uh, Girardi's longtime bench coach with the Yankees and the Phillies, he came over with Girardi, uh, is going to take over and he's going to be the interim manager. Um, they say they need a new voice in the locker room. I mean, this will do it, but here's a guy who has worked under Joe Girardi for his most of his career. So you're going to get a lot of Joe in, in what he does and how he does things and how he thinks. And, and, you know, he might be a little and more little analytical analytical than, than Girardi, but you're, I just don't think um, the, the turnaround that they are, are um, looking for is, is going to be Rob Thompson this year. Um, uh, Patrick says that, uh, he hopes the best for Baker that he likes him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I hope so too. I hope he does what he needs to do and I hope he catches on somewhere and I hope he sticks it to Cleveland. Uh, hope he catches on in that division and sticks it to him a couple times a year because he deserves to. Um, but, uh, back to the MLB, uh, 
Rob Thompson is is a solid manager. He'll do okay, but I just don't think um, that he's going to turn Philadelphia around and and put them in the playoffs and and win them a World Series. And and I think Philadelphia is going to be in the hunt for a long term manager in the off season. Um, a couple shocking designate of assignments came down this week. Um, Robinson Cano who was on course to be a Hall of Famer until he has the the PED suspension. He comes back from that. He he finishes where he's at. He bounces around. He he just has not been the same ever since coming back from from PED. He just hasn't had the numbers, hasn't had the deal. Well, San Diego signs him and says um hey, we want you Gives you a contract, brings him up. He plays 11 games, hits, can't hit his way out of a paper sack. And they're like, nope, we're out. And um, he, he just, he can't um, get out of his own way. This guy can't get out of his own way. Uh, Patrick says, what's PEDs? It's the performance-enhancing drugs. He was suspended for basically steroids or, or, you know, performance boosters that were found in his drug test. He failed a drug test. So when he, when he fails it, it, he gets suspended for 60 games and couldn't play in the playoffs that year. And so then when he comes back from it, obviously he's not on him anymore, and we're not hitting home runs. We're not hitting 300. We're not the all-star that we were in New York. We're not the Hall of Famer we were in New York. So that makes you believe that he may have been taking him a long time before he ever got caught. Um, so he plays 11 games with San Diego. They're like, no, nope, I'm out. Um, and DFA him and bring up Nomar Mazzara. That name may sound familiar if you're a Ranger fan. Uh, Nomar, they brought him up as a Ranger. They wanted so badly for this guy to – to be their next big star. Uh, He went up, went down, went up, went down. Basically, they ran him out of options, and they had to part ways with him. And and he's, I guess, in San Diego in their minor league system. Well, now he's up with the big club, and he's going to try to to start over his major league career. Um, So you hope that the best for Nomar Mazzara. The other shocking turn of events is Dallas Keuchel with the – Chicago White Sox, who just signed a three-year, $55 million deal not too long ago, uh, has struggled this year. The White Sox have struggled this year. They haven't, um, they haven't done what the White Sox, they thought they were going to do. Uh, Dallas Keuchel's ERA was north of seven, struggling. And with $18 million still owed to him, the Chicago White Sox just said, have a good time. And they cut him loose. He cleared waivers. He's free to sign with anybody he wants. Whoever he signs with basically owes him league minimum. So the White Sox are on hook for $18 million, And some team could get, if, if, they get the Dallas Keuchel that was the all-star. That was two years ago. Everybody wanted him. That's what the White Sox thought they were getting. If it's this guy that you get, 
man, that could be a huge sign for somebody. But if Keuchel's time has passed and he may be like Cano, he may be on the downslope, he may sign with the team, get blown up in two starts, and he may be back on the market. Uh, Cano's career is over. It's done. He will not – he might – try to catch on somewhere and be a role guy. But I just believe that that Robinson Cano's career is over. And that's a shame because he was on a trajectory to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he crashed and burned like that. Just done, over, shut it off. Uh, and I believe Robinson Cano's career is over. You will not see him. You will not hear from him. He will just ride off into the sunset. Um Keiko, uh, he's going to get one more shot for sure. Uh, they've talked about the Yankees. They've talked about, you know, um, the Giants could use a starter. They, you know, Scalafani uh, has on the shelf with shoulder. He's on the 60-day DL. Uh, so if you could look for the Giants. You could look for the Yankees. You could look for um, maybe a team in the White Sox division. Detroit is struggled right now with their pitching has got some serious injuries. Um, so, I mean, for league minimum, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in to be able to go after Dallas Keuchel. So I would think by midweek next week, you will hear the name Dallas Keuchel linked on with somebody and a team offering him a deal. Uh, it also came out today that Jordan Alvarez signs a six-year, $115 million extension with the Houston Astros to keep him in Houston for the next six years. Uh, that's a huge sign for them. Uh, they, they've obviously uh, – you know, tried to to do this. They've lost a couple guys in Springer and um, you know the shortstop, um, and and so um, they've lost these guys. They're they're trying to keep this team afloat. They're trying to keep them together. Uh, you know, Verlander's having another Cy Young year coming off of Tommy John. That's just unheard of. His ERA is is barely over one. Um, he just doesn't, uh, seem to, to ever go away. I don't know what they're doing in Houston, that their pitching is just phenomenal all the time. Um, and, um, the Yankees have traded for the Reds to get Jake Bowers cash considerations. Here's some money. We're going to take this guy. He's an infield outfield utility guy. Um, so there's moves all around, um, but the Jordan Alvarez contract is good for him. Uh, it's good for the Astros, and um, I just can't believe the Keuchel news. I, I was shocked that the White Sox are just going to eat $18 million and let this guy walk and go catch on somewhere. Uh, I think he catches on. I think he... he I think he still has some left in the tank, especially if he gets with the right pitching coach. Um, there's probably some kind of small mechanical flaw that that maybe the White Sox aren't seeing. And I think Keiko still, as far as I know, the velocity's still there. He doesn't have any kind of shoulder discomfort or or velocity down. He hasn't lost, you know, three or four miles an hour in his fastball. Um, he just, he has what left is, is 
in the tank to absolutely still play in this league, I believe. So Patrick says you are like a sports almanac. I do my best, brother. Um, it's try to keep your ear to the ground and learn as much as you can. And uh, especially with baseball, I mean, I eat, sleep, and breathe baseball, but I've really the last several years dove into all of it and and tried to to know the best I can about everything um, for a situation to arise just like this. Um, the I mean, MLB season is still too early. It's we're we're fifty games in, you know, 51 games in, uh, you just can't tell uh, who's going to, I mean, it's still got three quarters of the season left. So to make any judgments on any teams, pitching staffs, injuries, you know, I mean, it, the Yankees look like clearly like they're contenders. Other than that, I, I just don't, I don't see, I mean, the Dodgers the other day, were swept by Pittsburgh for the first time since 2012. It's over a decade that they've owned Pittsburgh and and the LA Dodgers go into Pittsburgh and get swept. Here's a team in Pittsburgh who can't get out of their own way. They're going to draft high every year. They they really don't win more than about 40 games a year and here they go and they beat the first place Dodgers for 3 games. Does that mean the Dodgers season is over? Mail it in, you know, start saying, start firing Dave Roberts. No, it just means that the Pittsburgh Pirates are probably starting to hit on some of their draft picks and the Dodgers had a bad weekend. But you're starting to see more and more that that the the evenness across the board that MLB wants, like the NFL. They don't want it to be, okay, there's six teams that are going to make the playoffs every year. And these other 20 teams are just going to go down here and fight for draft picks. They don't want that. They want, like the NFL has, they want the the continuity. They want the, the evenness across the board. They want teams to be into the last day. They want the last month of the, you know, they want September and, and to matter to more than just two teams. I mean, last year, several of the divisions were wrapped up before September even came. When you look at it, you're like, oh, playoff races are over. Uh, okay, well, that's fun. No, you want September to be turn on the thing and flip back and forth between several games and try and try and try to find playoff baseball in September where guys are fighting to get in. That's why MLB went with the general DH. That's why they went with the expanded playoffs. That's why they've gone and changed some of the rules. They want this pitch clock to come in. They want the – the relievers to have to pitch to three different batters rather than, you know, you're switching, switching guys, every left, right, left, right, you know, trying to match up with the, with the moves that the other manager are making. Um, to me, baseball will always be great. A lot of people don't like the time and they don't like the drag out. They don't like the, the, you know, that there's not a lot of runs scored. Um, I, I, to me, that's where, you know, it differs. It's all an opinion in what you like. Um, the season's young. I think you're going to have some really, really good division races. Uh, the Rangers have, they started abysmally, and they're slowly, slowly, slowly crawled their way out, and they're almost back to 500. Chris Woodward has done a phenomenal job over there to 
ride the course, stay with what, you know, stick to the plan, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. And, and he's coming out of it. He's getting these guys to buy into what he's doing and, and he's getting some results. And, and um, I think he's a hell of a manager and I think the Rangers got the right guy. And I hope and pray that, that they give him some time, um, you know, to, to let this process work and trust the process because this guy is the right guy for the job. Um, Austin says Rangers to the series. I don't think this year, uh, but I would guess uh, they're going in the right direction. I would say probably maybe next year with the expanded playoffs, they make a run, but definitely in 24, I think you're, you're, you've got this top draft pick. You can get you another solid arm. Um, you might even get, Kumar Rocker, who you wanted last year, and he gets drafted before you, and then Pittsburgh doesn't like what they see, and they put him back in the draft. And so if if you get Kumar Rocker and Lighter that you got last year and, and pair those two together, uh, that could be a deadly combination, a deadly rotation. Martin Perez has started to look like the guy that you drafted a decade ago that you were hoping. He he had to go around the league and had to go to Minnesota and he had to go to all these other places to figure out what was wrong. But now Martin Perez, they're talking about Martin Perez for Cy Young this year. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen because he's playing for the Rangers who aren't going to win but about 70 games, 80 games. But um, – I mean, he's going to have the stats, you know, and, and so there's that. Um, the Rangers are going in the right direction. Um, the Astros are throwing what they can to, to stay relevant in that division. Seattle is supposed to be great. They're 500 at bet this year. So the Angels are kind of surprising, but they've cooled down now. They've lost eight or nine straight. Uh, Otani got lit up like a Christmas tree the other day and got picked off first all in the same game. So he wanted to forget that game ever happened. Um, so that's what I'm trying to say is with the earliness of the season, uh, I mean, the angels look like the real deal. Now they lose eight or nine straight and they're back to the pack. And, and with two teams in each division making playoff runs, you never know what's going to happen. Um, the NBA finals game one was last night. You've got uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics, and it was game one from Golden State, from San Francisco, the new arena, and Golden State looked really good for about 38 minutes or 40 minutes, Um, and then they forgot to show up the last six or eight minutes. Boston went in and hit threes, and the role players on the road that we've been talking about for three weeks now where role players normally wet the bed and don't show up to road games and, and you know, the home team, that's why they have the advantage. Well, Jason Tatum had a horrific game and Boston still wins. So if you're Golden State, that's concerning. Uh, I mean, Kerr and, and, Steph and Thompson, they all say it's not a one-game series. It's a seven-game series. It's the first one to four, not the first one to one. That's right. But um, it's going to be four if you don't play better defense than you had the other day. Uh, Patrick says Boston in six. I hope not because then I owe 
lunch to somebody if we do it that way. Um, I just I think Golden State's perimeter defense. I think the time off hurt them. I think they lost some some momentum. I think they were coming in and and dealing with Boston going seven and then rolling right into the next series. Uh, you know, I think Kerr comes up with some adjustments on Sunday to to make it a little bit better of a game. But we'll see. I mean, the Boston defense. It has been phenomenal. When it shows up, it shows up big. And it showed up the second half of of Thursday night. So, um, Steph, if you're looking for the silver lining as a Golden State fan, it uh, doesn't appear Boston can cover Steph Curry. He was all over the place and was wide open, and he had, you know, his his career night and, and still had his points. But Clay and Draymond combined for 15 Combined, not a piece. Combined, they had 15. Uh, that can't happen. Um, and Jordan Poole, like, his name didn't even get I don't even know if that kid played. So here's a kid who has been putting me, putting you on your back and, and carrying you through the first two series, and his name's not even called. And so if, if that happens, um, now maybe Boston, you know, I mean – Marcus Smart played. He was hurt. I, I, I think I, – I do not think – I mean, for three quarters, this was the, the game in the series that we thought it was going to be. Nip, tuck, nip, tuck. Here takes the lead, come back. Here takes the lead, come back. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for 42 minutes. And then the last six minutes of the game, Boston put the throttle down and, and Golden State had no real response. Were they out of shape because they didn't – practice did Kerr give him some time off uh, I don't know the bottom line is I think Sunday night we we see a different team um I think this goes six I think it goes seven I personally think Golden State wins but if somebody told me that that Boston won I'm not gonna just tell you that you know what you're talking about because I think either team could win in four in six in seven I I, I think that that this could um, be be a long series. It could be a short series. Um, we'll see. Um, and some other news: when the Lakers hired Darren Ham to be their head coach, he wasn't exactly their first choice. Um, it appeared that they wanted Juwan Howard from Michigan. They contacted him. They told him they wanted to talk to him. They wanted to interview him for the head coaching spot. And Juwan said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, He stayed in Michigan to coach both of his sons. One's going to be a freshman this year. The other one's going to be a junior. So they're there for the next few years. I would say at least probably two. Um, But I don't see the what the Lakers are seeing in the Juwan Howard. I mean, as a Michigan fan, they weren't even going to make the tournament until Howard gets suspended for getting in a fight on the sidelines and throwing punches at another team. And the other coach that fills in why he's suspended for the rest of the season wins out and makes a run into the Big Ten tournament, which I still didn't think was deep enough to make the tournament. And then he gets in the tournament, and Howard comes back and wins a couple games, but nothing real impressive. Um, 
he had a really good first season in Michigan. They went to the to the finals and you know and and almost won. But I just don't see the enamorment with with Juwan Howard and why the Lakers wanted him or why LeBron wanted him because I mean obviously LeBron's involved in the head coaching search. Um, I just don't see what Juwan Howard brings to the table resume wise that that would have put him heads and shoulders above Darren Ham. Um, it just didn't make a lot of sense when I read that. Um, so I was very shocked to read that they offered it to him. And I was even more shocked that he didn't even take the phone call. He didn't even entertain the ID. He's like, no, we're staying in Michigan. And Michigan didn't make any kind of change or, or alter the, the job status from the fight that he had. So that's, interesting you know normally when you bring the attention like that to your university and bring it bad and and you know are swinging at college kids on the sideline that that's probably not a good thing um so i mean i do i think the lakers got the right guy i, I don't really know i don't i mean the roster's up in the air there's rumors of trades but I don't know if Darren Ham is just going to be the the guy that leads him to the promised land. I, I just, I'm not. He's a rookie head coach, and and he's been an assistant. He's bounced around the league. I just don't see what Darren Ham like. That's not the name that that I thought about the first time that that the Lakers opening. I didn't go. That's the guy you need to grab. Um, so I, I don't really know. Um. I think um I think the Lakers are on the back backstroke. I think I think, you know, LeBron's getting old, father time has has come. Uh the the Russell Westbrook didn't work. Um uh, they're just I think that team's in shambles. I think they need to blow it up, start over and and rebuild. Um we all know that LeBron's trying to hang on to play with Bronny and and all this, but I just don't, I don't see it happening. And I definitely don't see it happening in LA because if you make the playoffs, which they're intended to do, well, you're not going to be in the lottery to go get Bronny. So I don't really know. Um, the Lakers are, are, yeah, exactly. King floppy. Yeah. Yeah. He, I remember a few years ago he had the, the, you know, uh, Venmo account set up to when they were finding those guys for flopping uh, in the bubble. Uh, he just had a Venmo set up because he just flopped so much. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I just, I mean, he gets Draymond suspended because he stands over him and, and you know, stands on him and causes him to, to hit him. And, and then he flops on that deal and gets Draymond Green suspended. And that's one of his titles that they come back from 3-1 to beat Golden State because Draymond suspended. Uh, it, it's I've never been a LeBron fan. I, I've never really sugarcoated that. Um, I've never really backed off of it. I'm not going to walk it back. I've just never been a LeBron fan. Uh, I, I'm much much more on the Curry and um, Dame and and those guys. Uh, yeah, they showboat too. Uh, but I just I I don't. Um, I've never from a, from a when he came in the league and, and 
dons himself the king. Uh, that that to me is at 18 years old, playing out of high school, and, you know, at the McDonald's All American game. Uh, you're the king. No, you're 18. Um, and and I haven't ever been impressed with any of his titles. It wasn't like he put them on his back. I mean, the year they beat Golden State, thank Kyrie because he makes the dagger shot. You know, it's never really been – I mean, yeah, LeBron's got the MVPs and he's got the the recognition because of his name, but um, it's just not been – I haven't been impressed. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll be the, the, the you know, leader of deal. He'll own a team someday, but he's going to be in the NBA forever probably. Um, but I, I'm not impressed. Uh, yes, yes, Austin. He said that was the greatest when Dallas beat him. Yes, it was. When when he has the dream team and goes and gets the guys on the banana boat and grit gets, um, you know, Dwayne Wade and and all those guys and puts them all together. Chris Bosh and they they get up on the stage and not one, not two, not three, not four. Yeah, well, you you won one and you're lucky to have won that one because Dallas probably should have beat you the first time. And so, um. You know, I, I I just I don't. I, he he's he's not he's not Michael, he's not Doctor J, and he's not Kobe. Uh, I I think Kobe is is light years. I will take Co- seven Kobe Bryant's over one LeBron James. I it, there's not even in the same discussion to me. Um, on on if Kobe Bryant or or LeBron James, who the better basketball player is, uh, the answer hands down is Kobe Bryant, and and I think Kobe beats Michael. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, I wish Kobe played for any team other than the Lakers because I loved Kobe Bryant, but I just didn't. I couldn't. It's the wagon to him because he played for the Lakers, and it's just not. Showtime and and Pat Riley and that whole organization, Jeannie Buss, like I've just never been Phil Jackson, like Phil Jackson to me. I look at Phil Jackson and see the Chicago Bulls and I watched them growing up, the the Bulls growing up, and I didn't like them. Um, So I just, Phil Jackson, to me, the, his his triangle offense and, and all this other stuff, to me that, that, was not basketball. That's not deal. I remember when Kobe Bryant looked at it and goes, we're not running this trash. Get out of here. Um, you know, and yeah, they won some titles, but uh, it, it, to me, um, the Lakers are going in the wrong direction with, with, you know, Darren Ham and, and um, I don't think Juwan Howard would have been a whole lot better. Sounds to me like they had some other options that they wanted, but they didn't even get the time of day. They got the, the guy from Toronto was, was, you know, his name was off the top. He didn't even answer the phone. He's just like, no, I'm staying in Toronto. I'm not entertaining this. So that was a little bit of the breaking news there. Um, the finals return on Sunday and, and I think they're a better game. Um, We'll see. Okay. NHL, you've got your East and West finals, and one of them is going exactly how we thought, and one of them is not. Colorado has up 2-0 no 
Two games to zero on Edmonton. Game one, 14 goals, like eight to six in a shootout at the OK Corral. Colorado's goalie goes down. They're like, oh, man, not what we need. Uh, It appears he's okay. He played in game two and has a shutout. So he came back. He's all right. But 14 goals, if you remember in the Calgary series where Edmonton loses 9-6 in the first game and then sweeps the series, um, I I don't – that was something I didn't see coming. Colorado is high-powered offense, but defensively they're a whole lot better than 14 goals. They win game two for nothing. I think that I think they're well on their way to go to the Stanley Cup. Um, this is something that that um, I thought I saw coming. Uh, Colorado has been good. They're young. They're going to be around for a long time. In the other series, the Rangers, in shocking fashion, take game one from the Tampa Bay Lightning and not. Overtime, off the post, lucky, you know, could have gone either way. They dominate that game and may or may not have exposed the Tampa goalie. We will see tonight. That game has started about 45 minutes ago. Um, We will see tonight whether or not Tampa can respond. Uh, Read today before we started that Tampa U worked on breakaway drills, uh, trying to combat the speed and the the agility of the Rangers' offense. These guys are young. They fly around the ice. They put the puck on the stick. They put it on each other's tape. They, they station to station. They're not over push it into the zone, they they just take their time, they make passes, and they put the puck in the net. And um, while I thought they were going to be a year away, and I thought Tampa would kind of handle this series, the New York Rangers look like they may not wait another year. They may make a run here. Um, I still think, in my heart of hearts, that Tampa wins the series, and it's still Tampa and Colorado in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals. But the New York Rangers made a very huge statement in game one. And it will be something to watch tonight if they take game two because now we go back to New York for a couple games. And if we're up 2-0 going back to New York, that series could get interesting. So very much something to keep an eye on there. Um, In that, uh, it, it came out that the surgery... Uh, for the Bruins forward, uh, he's going to be out six months. So he is going to miss the start of next season. Um, the Dallas Stars have still yet to hire a head coach. So I would think that's going to come unless they have somebody in mind that is on the staff of one of the teams that are still playing, one of the four that are still remaining. Uh, if they have somebody on a staff from – Colorado or or the Lightning or Edmonton or you know um the Rangers if they have somebody on staff with them that that um they want to interview a lot of these teams don't like the NFL they don't 
in between games and in between deals. They don't let their coaches go and interview for these spots. They go, now, when the league's year's over, then you guys can interview. Right now, we're focused on us. And um, so that'll be interesting uh, to see the direction they go because it affects your draft. It affects how you build your hockey team. Can't really sign free agents. Can't really sign draft picks. Can't really do any of that. So you know your head coach and you know, is he defensive-minded? Is he offensive-minded? Is he, you know, what is his his strength? What is his weakness? What guys do you need? Uh, the the Stars did get some bad news the other day, and Dennis Girionov, uh retires and uh, had a phenomenal career. Girionov played years and, and you know, 1,000 games, and, and um, he had a very good career. Um, but that's going to be a huge hole to fill, and Dallas has got some 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 answers that that need to be filled, and they cannot do that until um 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 they they figure that out. So um yeah, still think Tampa wins. I don't know. If if the Rangers can can hold that game for the for the series, I think Colorado's in full control of that series, and uh, you look forward to the to the Stanley Cup. Um, there was one more bit of breaking news, um, and I was kind of trying to wait to cover it uh, until I got more on it, um, but came out that um, Marion Barber, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys that, that played back, I think he retired in 2012, um, passed away at the age of 38 in Dallas. They found his body, and um, while this was shocking because he's 38, if you knew the struggles Marion Barber had while in the NFL and definitely why after the NFL, this wasn't really a surprise. When Marion Barber played football for the Dallas Cowboys, he ran, didn't run around people, didn't fall down, didn't go out of bounds. Marion Barber ran through people, put his head down and ran through people. And that was great while he played for the Dallas Cowboys. But it wasn't great for the concussion syndromes that he had um, afterwards. Marin Barber has had run-ins with the law, multiple run-ins with the law, where he was reportedly out spearing cars, damaging cars, denting cars. Um just having a very, very struggle at life. And I believe that this is going to to come out that it was from the CTE, that it was from the skin cancer syndrome. No, nothing's came out officially yet, but it's a sad, sad ending to a very good career. And, a young man who was trying 
trying to to move on with his life. He was trying to get past the lawn problems. He was trying to get back on his feet. He was engaged to be married. His fiance is the one that found him. Um, and and Patrick says prayers for the Barber family. And that's yes, absolutely. You you do not want this to happen to anybody at the age of 38. Um, the NFL is a brutal game. And while they've made leaps and bounds to make it safer with the helmets and the concussion tests and, and the buzzers that if the ref sees somebody stand up and they're wobbly and, and they can pull them out of the game and, and all this stuff that they've put into the game to try to make it safer, the NFL is – Bigger, faster, stronger, and and it just every year gets that way. These kids that are coming out of college are just massive, and they fly around, and you're just going to have this all the time. And you have guys, Jim McMahon, um, Lawrence Taylor, um, uh, Junior Seau, you know, the suicide from, from CTE. And and it, it's just very sad that it comes to this for these guys. And, and you know, Des Bryant put out a deal that said we are nothing more than, than just they don't care about us. And I, and I don't believe that's a factual statement. I get where Des is coming from. Um that that he couldn't watch, you know, the highlights of Marion Barber because he knew what was going to happen to him. He knew the problems he was going to have down the road, and 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 I get it. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Dez walked away when he did, is he started to see how this game was affecting people, and and um, he had some injuries himself, and and um, but thirty eight is much too young to lose your life. And, and, um, we had the kid from, um, Minnesota who got drafted and then signed with Arizona and he was 25 and, and loses his life, uh, in a car accident in Dallas. And then Marion Barber is found deceased in Dallas a couple days later. So it's been a really rough week for the NFL to lose one of its new new upcoming superstars and to lose one that had been in the league and put his time in and and um was was trying to to live his post career life and and restart that um prayers go out to the Barber family and to the Dallas Cowboys organization um They've had a rough few years with with players passing away and coaches passing away. Um, and and so it's been a, a rough time in Dallas. Um, and and Marion Barber was just the, the most recent of that to happen. Um, you hope that it comes out in the days coming that that you know there's a there's a cause of death and and can figure it out and and figure out if it was preventable or not preventable or or if he had his 
brain if they're going to you know allow the CTE test to take place and see if that's what caused it. Um, there's a lot of questions still to be answered, but um, Marion Barber passed away at 38, and that is difficult to understand. Um, that's about it for the headlines, unless some other things have um, broke um, while we were here. But um, we are going to get to the part of the show that uh, kind of outlays plans for the weekend or something to that. The uh, what's in your locker segment. Um, this weekend, I believe we're going to go check out the Top Gun Maverick movie. I have heard that it's better than the first one. And the first one is favorite movie of all time. So if that is a factual statement, which I find it hard to believe that it is, um, then this will be my new favorite movie of all time. Um, We will see. Um, Come Tuesday, it will be reviewed and let known what exactly, um, without giving any spoilers or anything to that effect, um, it'll be known um, what we rate it and what how we think it ranks with the first one and um, where, where you know, should you go see it? I've been told that you should see it on the biggest screen possible with the chairs that vibrate and the whole nine yards. Um, we'll see. Um, and then on Sunday, the end of the Travel League, and I bowl as many nights a week as I possibly can, and I am over the top ready for this to be done. Um, It's been a great experience to go into different houses in the Metroplex and work on my game and work on different things and play different lines and throw different equipment and learn how to adjust when you play the the because you, you bowl six games and and so the the last three games of the day are on the same oil as you started with so they burn up pretty quickly and so to be able to adjust to that and and um fix that and get that it's been interesting but it has been a grind and physically mentally emotionally it's time to take a break from that for a while um it's undecided whether or not i will run down that same rabbit hole uh next year uh i enjoy the people that i bowl with i enjoy the team that i'm on but it has been a six month grind of driving to denton and decatur and plano and watauga and fort worth and all these different places and giving up your whole Sunday and being gone for six and seven hours and bowling six games. And it has been a grind. Um, I, I, it, I think it did what it needed to do. My average went up, you know, 12 pins this year. Um, it was the best statistical season I had all year or in my career, but, um, we'll see. Uh, it, it, it just, um, it's going to be good to get it over with. Um, I hope that the tournament goes well and I hope we perform well. We've got seven teams and where we were 
three weeks ago, we were in the spot to get a bye in the first round. Now we're the seventh seed and got to fight our way back to the top. So um, had a really rough last month. Not that we bowled bad, just some other teams really bowled real well. And so you go in Sunday and you hope to climb the stepladder a little bit and at least make a, a, a valiant showing um, to to end that season and walk away uh, with your head high and, and say that you, you left it all out there. Um, that is going to be it for tonight's episode. Join us on Tuesday. Me and Brian will cover our talks on Tuesday. Um, normally cover some headlines. This week we covered your uh, power rankings for the NFL, 1 through 32. If you missed that show, you can go look it up where you get your on YouTube. Uh, search the Outspoken Sportscast, or you can um, find it on any of your podcast platforms. And you can hear me and Brian's um, different rankings on um, how we thought 1 through 32 uh, early preseason prior to OTA power rankings um, and and where we thought some of these um, teams were going to finish. We had a couple that we agreed on, but overall, from most part, um, we did uh, did not match up on a whole lot. Um, so we look forward to having you guys back on Tuesday. Um, have a good weekend, stay safe and until Tuesday, keep it outspoken.